Eternal God, in your tender love for the human race, you sent your Son to take our nature and to suffer death upon the cross. In your mercy, enable us to share in his obedience to your will and in the glorious victory of his resurrection. And today, as we commemorate Palm Sunday, we also are thankful to you for all these palm crosses contributed to us by our our parish partner uh, in Guildford. We pray that God, as we take these palm crosses home, let them remind us of the humility and the king who had come on that day into Jerusalem and to worship you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Good day. I'm very tempted to say hello in Chinese. Ni hao. Guten tag. Jumbo. And there are some who can say gumusta here. Yeah. Maputi. Yes. Lovely to be here. And um, uh, I didn't have to preach for the last few Sundays, even though I'm the Sunday supply, because through God's uh, great wisdom, uh, some other invited speakers who were arranged to come. And uh, two weeks ago, we heard uh, Kieran shared with us the passage of the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem from Mark chapter 11. Uh, he didn't steal the passage because the lectionary passage today is Mark 14. So uh, thank you for introducing that um, passage to us. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, which is commemorated today. That wasn't his uh, last entry into Jerusalem because every night he went out of Jerusalem, the city, uh, to Mount, of Mount Olives and also to Beth- Bethany, uh, where he spent nights with his uh, friends, possibly and very probably with uh, the family of Lazarus and uh, the two sisters. And so he came back to Jerusalem the next day, and that's when, on the way, he cursed the, the fig tree, and then he cleansed the temple, drove the, the merchants away, turned the tables upside down, and told them that the house of prayer was to be dedicated for God's use. So um, the religious leaders, of course, were taking great offense because their economy was upset. Uh, the whole setup, as we were told, uh, was a, a, man- a manipulation of, of the, the, uh, the festivals, using that to make money from the, for themselves, because there were so many sheep, so much uh, um, merchandise were being traded during the festival, and people came to Jerusalem probably upward one million people coming to do the festival. And so the Passover was two days away as we hear uh, in the reading of Mark 14. Two more days will be Passover, and then after that will be the fee, uh, the, 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 um, the other, the, the leaven, unleavened bread um, to be observed for about seven days. So it is a very happy time. Uh, compared to 
we Oriental people, I'm Chinese, so Chinese New Year is a big thing in, in Malaysia, in Hong Kong, in Singapore, uh, here too, but uh, we tend to use the Chinese New Year Day just uh, kind of remembering, but still go to work here in Australia. But uh, Passover is a big day in, in, Jer- uh, in, in Jerusalem, and all the male uh, Jews, 15 years and above, uh, would be uh, very obligated to at least have one Passover in Jerusalem. And as much as possible, they will want to revisit Jerusalem. And we, instead of seeing a happy preparation for Passover, we hear about the religious leaders going about plotting to kill Jesus. So it's a very dark scheme being plotted, being uh, uh, devised, so that they want to get rid of this Jesus who claimed to be the Messiah, who has come to disturb the economy and the merchandise, uh, thrown, thrown out of the temple, and also along the way he has claimed that to pull down the temple, which took 46 years to build, that he would rebuild it in three days. So that has upset and threatened the religious leaders so much that now they want to find some sly way to arrest Jesus and to kill him. And the scripture says that they said, but not during the feast, they said, so that there will not be a riot. They are very, very concerned that everything could be done uh, according to their own plans. So this is the plan. To want to kill Jesus. But wait until after the festival. But God has it that the Passover lamb and his son will be sacrificed this very year. And so, for God to have that plan uh, executed, he wisely or allowed another person called Judas to collaborate with the religious leaders to kill Jesus. So the plan to kill Jesus that the religious leaders had wanted to scheme and, 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 and plot was expedited by one of Jesus' disciples, Judas. So these two parties eventually got the whole thing going, and that's how we now... Uh, are heading towards Good Friday and then Easter uh, to fulfill the timeline that God has wanted to uh, have. And in between these two very dark uh, parties, the religious leaders and Judas, comes a wonderful uh, happening, and that is a woman who comes and gloriously worships Jesus and also prophetically anoints him for his burial. This woman is an adorer, is a worshiper, and I would say she is a celebrant. For the word, the name celebrant in our Anglican context is reserved to someone who is ordained and who is uh, here to celebrate the communion. 
But the celebrant, as I look at this woman, she is there to celebrate. And also, without knowing, she was, she is doing something that is so prophetic in preparation of Jesus' death and burial. She came in with a jar that was probably as big as this, an alabaster jar that is sealed, and inside contains uh, the pure nard oil, which is the perfume. And uh, perfume, I have very little knowledge of perfume, but probably you ladies know a lot more. We men don't know anything. We buy something and we think that it will please you so much. And uh, you know better. You know better. Uh, growing up in Malaysia, we have one particular um, uh, liquid that we call it kolong sui. Sui is water, liquid. Kolong, I don't know where that was, uh, made. And until I, uh, I went to Germany the first time just over 41 years ago, um, to visit my future mother-in-law to ask her for her permission to marry the daughter. So my fiancé took me to Cologne from England. We were studying at London Bible College, and uh, so we took the, the train, the sea link, crossed the, 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 the uh, channel, and took the train to Cologne, and there we missed the train out to the little town of Schleiden in the Eiffel. So there... Uh, we were stranded in the, in the uh, train station and whole night to kill. And we walked up and down and I said, Sabina, and her name is Sabina. Sabina, where is the dome? And she said, uh, just look up. Wow, 500 meters up there. You architects, you will appreciate that. That cathedral of Cologne, the spires took 1,000 years to be completed. So... So we don't seem to appreciate that kind of uh, magnificent, magnificent uh, buildings. And there I was told that this is a city that produced that Kernwasser. Kernwasser 471 is the label 4711 and Cologne Water. Now I know, wow, that is the smell that I have always remembered when I was growing up. Mom had always had a bottle of cologne water. And uh, so here is this woman coming in with an expensive, pure oil of nard, which possibly, probably was produced uh, in India, and it was bottled and sealed in a, in a bottle. And usually it's... Uh, it's a very uh, precious possession of a young woman. Perhaps the parents will have something uh, to give to the maiden in preparation for her one day to use it for her wedding. Or else, uh, maybe in the family, people, uh, they didn't have probably gold or a lot of jewelry uh, to, to, to be, you know, as money for any emergency, but that bottle can be used uh, for emergency to be to be pawned and uh, and then get the money for emergency use. Some of our older generations probably are familiar with that. You put something into a shop; uh, they call it what is it? Cash? 
Yeah. Now you can go to those places and sell your things there or put your things there and get some money. So this bottle can be used for that emergency uh, exchange for cash. And later on, when you accumulate it, efficient, you can go and redeem it back. And this woman came. Mark doesn't give us the name of this woman. But if you read in John chapter 12, it seems like it's the same woman. John chapter 12 talks about Mary, the sister of uh, Lazarus. And she was the one that brought this perfume and anointed Jesus' feet. But of course, here we, talk, we hear of her, uh, this woman, breaking the bottle and pour out everything upon Jesus' head. And guess where that oil will end up? It will end up at the feet. So here is a sudden brightness in the dark situation of uh, uh, schemes and betrayals. And this woman brought in something that is so fresh and so fragrant that the whole banquet uh, could suddenly take notice and straight away there were some reactions. The reactions were, what a waste! You are so foolish to have done this thing. So they were chastising her, they were bullying her, and they were telling her off for what she did. What a waste for this Precious oil, if it is sold, you could fetch a whole year's of a laborer's wage. A whole year here in Australia, I reckon it would be about $40,000 for a very basic, I mean a low-wage laborer. $40,000 just in one moment crack and then pour out. But that is her worship unto the Messiah, the King, and she didn't know that it's such a good thing that she is doing. When Jesus heard all these people chastising her and uh, bullying her, he came to her defense and told them to back off. Stop harassing her. If you want to know Jesus protects women, this is one situation that he did. And here she represents the vulnerable people in the world. And Jesus speaks for them. And he told the, the, the people who were there telling her off to back away, and she is doing something very, very beautiful. In fact, she is doing all she can. The worship that she brings to me is beautiful, and she can. Because it belongs to her, and she can do whatever she likes with it. And that's the devotion and the offering that she has brought to Jesus. I'm looking at a church that is at the juncture of looking for a new pastor. Now, whatever, whoever that is, I want to say something that you have here, which is very beautiful. You have at least two congregations of uh, slightly different uh, expressions of worship. And let us cherish this. Worship is not, um, yeah, we can 
say we want to be very extravagant, we want to be... There are some churches who will, which will go all the way. I mean, uh, our very uh, conservative, uh, very small band here, which is acknowledged last week by Bishop uh, Jeremy, and I always appreciate you guys doing this. And I also appreciate in the morning we have uh, the pianist who, did the, uh, who does, the, who do, does the, uh, the music for us. It's wonderful. And there's Anglican churches. I always emphasize that we have the liberty of doing different worship services differently. It's like a, a banquet of different cuisines. Um, you have a buffet here. If you like the more... Uh, traditional, come to the 7.30 and especially summertime, 7.30 service finished, you get a whole day of sunshine. <laughs> After all, you get up at 4 o'clock anyway because of the sun. Well, if you prefer the 9, 9.30 here, you have the band leading us and I would encourage you guys, ladies and gentlemen and young people, to participate in uh, the music ministry. Yeah. It is a music ministry, it is a ministry, but it is a worship ministry. And I would encourage us to explore and see how else could we do something beautiful, something that we can, like this woman, unto Jesus. So we can say the sky is the limit. And there will be instruments that you probably are not familiar. We have brothers from Africa, we have uh, members from Asia, let them bring in their instruments, let them bring in their voices, and perhaps something else new, beautifully put together to worship Jesus. Worship is something beautiful that Jesus acknowledges. And we live to worship. The reason we live is to worship Jesus and to worship God. And this woman has demonstrated to us of the generosity, of the love and devotion that she expresses unto the Lord Jesus. So Jesus uh, uh, responded by saying to this crowd who were opposing her action, telling them to back off, leave her alone. She is doing something beautiful and she is doing something that she can do. And this woman is known by Jesus to do something wonderful. Friends, when we come to worship Jesus, when we come to worship God, we don't uh, want to have reserve and say, you know, I, I need to put away something for some other time. We give, we give unto the Lord completely. Just like the, the uh, hymn writer say, um, in, um, in the hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Were the whole realm of nature mine that were a present far too small, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. So she gave everything. And then Jesus said, Wherever the gospel is preached, she will be remembered. How about that? You know, we all like to be remembered. 
We all do like to be remembered. I remember a wonderful uh, priest in our diocese. His name is Ken Fruer, uh, CMS General Secretary, who died a few years ago now. And in his uh, will, he bequeathed uh, to CMS and also to Trinity Theological College his estate. So that is something that he had thought of, and he, he did. And he willed, bequeathed to uh, mission uh, that we remember now. You know, when, we, when I look at uh, the work of CMS, which I'm part of, uh, and, uh, and uh, theological college like Trinity, we are thankful to God for those who have planned ahead and gave as their worship unto God and will those things or, or properties or assets to the mission that they wanted to do in the years to come. So here, wherever the gospel is proclaimed, she will be remembered. And what is in the gospel? Uh, we can see here today in this passage, the gospel that Jesus defends the vulnerable. The gospel cares for the poor because they said, I'll give this money to the poor. Jesus said, yes. The poor will always be around and you will help them. He didn't stop them helping the poor. But they, he said, you don't have me all the time. I'm here now. I'll be gone. And this woman is doing something beautiful and something that she can. And the gospel, of course, declares the messianic mission of Jesus, which is fully accomplished by Jesus himself dying on the cross, buried in the tomb, and rising from the grave. He overcame death. And the gospel, wherever it's preached, will convert, will change hearts, will renew. There will be new converts, new believers, either joining to an existing community of worshippers or forming a new worshipping community. And we are so glad to hear the reports from Graham today of South Sudan and the refugee camps and all that, that they came to listen to the gospel. And as a result, the gospel changed their lives and gave them new hope. And they formed a new worshipping community. So, Cottesloe, continue in the mission of church planting, Continue the mission of overseas missions with your, our partners so that the gospel will continue to be preached. And wherever the, the gospel is preached, this woman is remembered because she worshipped Jesus. Amen. The Lord be with you.